Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 107. Hey, Richers, so happy you are here with me again, and happy holidays for those of you who are celebrating today. On this episode, you will hear my interview with Dan Gingis, who managed to build a strong personal brand as influencer in the field of customer experience while he was still working full-time in executive positions. And he's providing new methods for how to combine customer experience between both online and offline. I think this interview is a must for two reasons. First, because Dan gives details and good stories exactly about what he did and how. And second, because his holistic approach to customer experience and it's time for all of us to start combining between the online and offline and stop thinking of UX as something that's only relevant for the digital space. That brings me back to our focus this month on giving you as much actionable tips and advice that will help you get a meaningful growth and progress in your businesses. I recommend you go to the show notes of this interview and grab my free cheat sheet or freebie or a guide, whatever you call it, about the daily routines of successful entrepreneurs. There are clear steps, there are five tips that you can start doing today. I've done it. Almost everyone that we talk with has done it in the way to become an influencer and to succeed with their entrepreneurial business. Now, let's listen to my interview with Dan Gingis. Dan Gingis. Dan's 20 years career has consistently focused on delighting customers, spanning multiple disciplines, including customer experience, marketing, social media, and customer service. He has held leadership positions in three Fortune 300 companies, Discover, Humana, and McDonald's. He is an international keynote speaker who believes that a remarkable customer experience can be your best marketing. Dan is the author of the book, Winning at Social Customer Care, How Top Brands Create Engaging Experiences on social media. He is a host of Experience This show podcast and a regular contributor to Forbes. Brand24 recently named him one of the top 100 digital marketers in 2019. Dan Gingis, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, it is a pleasure to join you. It is a pleasure to have you here, and I just shared with my audience what you've done until now. And I want to ask you to share with us, what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? 
Well, I actually, in the last couple of months, just went out on my own for the first time and started my own company to uh, do some speaking and consulting about customer experience, which is my passion today. Hmm. I have been a marketer for 20 years, but I have come to the conclusion that the best kind of marketing is to create remarkable experiences for customers. And so that's what I've been doing lately. It's the first time in my career that I'm working for myself. And hmm. uh, really feels refreshing and has been a lot of fun and rewarding so far. Yeah, it is a strange feeling. I had it myself after 21 years, so I can understand exactly what you're talking about. Is it a change also in terms of what you are doing? Yeah, so most of my career has been focused on marketing. And I've been at three Fortune 300 companies. I was at uh, Discover and Humana and McDonald's, and all of those were marketing roles. Wow. And so I spent a lot of time building up that skill set. Uh, but my last role at Discover got me into digital customer experience. So I was overseeing the website at Discover and, and Discover if your Israeli friends don't know, is a, is a U.S. credit card company only. It's only in the United States, yeah. but sizable audience. So the website has 50 million plus logins every month. Wow. And my team was, yeah, my, so my team was overseeing every aspect of that site. So I realized that making small changes on the website had a really big effect on the customer experience and on customer satisfaction. So that really got me interested in customer experience because there was so much low-hanging fruit, so many opportunities along the customer journey to ask ourselves, are we providing a good experience? Is it easy enough? Is it simple enough? And the result of all of that work at Discover was that we won the JD Power Award for customer satisfaction in the credit card industry for the very first time. It was an award that... Uh, American Express had won seven years straight and the company in the U.S. and credit cards uh, won that award. So that was a really big deal. Wow, it is a big deal. You just uh, stole it from American Express. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's an honor. When you're talking about experience, are you talking especially about the digital sides of that or everything included physical issues and uh, face-to-face? So that's a great question. And I'm a believer that the customer experience is comprised of every single interaction that a customer has with a brand. And so if you are an online-only brand, then yeah, most of that experience is going to be online. But it's, it's really a mix, because if you think about almost any company, even a company that we think of as an almost complete company like Amazon, you still receive the package physically, right? And if the package arrives damaged, for example, that's part of the experience that's not digital. Now, most of the interaction that you have with Amazon is going to be digital because you're going to be on their site or their app. Yeah. But when that package arrives damaged, now you might have to call a call center to have that, you know, to get a return label or whatever it is. So a great customer experience is going to bring together offline and online and uh, so that the customer looks at their, the entirety of their experience and says, yeah, this is a great company to do business with. And one other thing I would say uh, to, to your point there is I am now a believer that there's no longer such a thing as offline experiences at all because we all walk around with cameras in our, in our pockets or our purses. Yeah. So 
So any experience, even if it seems like it's a completely offline experience, like being in an airplane, for example, yeah. can turn into an online experience because somebody takes a picture or a video and shares it on social media. And so as companies, we have to be aware of the fact that now no experience is completely offline. I do agree. And it's very interesting that you are talking about Amazon because actually they are now looking to uh, build points of uh, meeting the people that people that want to collect their packages earlier or faster can do that. I know that in the UK they're talking about doing something like Argos. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So it's very interesting. One of the most digital companies that changed everything is looking for some kind of physical interaction. For sure. And they have launched, I, I went to my first Amazon Go store in Chicago, which is like a convenience store that has no cashiers. And mm -hmm. you go in and uh, you turn on your app and it knows what you've pulled off the shelf and you just walk out and it, and it feels really weird because... You, <laughs> But you just walk out and a couple seconds later, the app pops up with your receipt and says what, exactly what you bought. And uh, it's amazing, right? So they're doing some uh, super interesting things. I've also seen some pop-up stores in malls where they are selling mostly their products. So uh, Alexa products and that sort of thing yeah. uh, and all security and at-home products. So yeah, the store that is known for being digital is coming into the real world and, and trying to create a physical presence, which I think is fascinating. And you're talking about a great experience. You got in and out with a product. It sounds like a great experience. Where are you heading? You just started to be on your own and you are all about the customer experience. And where do you take it to? Well... I have been speaking for a while, but mostly as part of my job. So I, I would speak at conferences um, as a representative of McDonald's or Humana or, or Discover. And so I am really just launching now my speaking career where it is just me. And mm. uh, so I'm excited about growing that because I do think that I have a good message. And one of the things that I found attending a lot of conferences is that events often bring on speakers because they work for big companies, right? They want the McDonald's logo on their brochure, for example. But the result is they don't often have good speakers because they're so focused on bringing in a, a professional corporate person who's not a good speaker. And I really pride myself in being mm -hmm. both. It's, I've, got that, I've got that professional background that a lot of professional speakers don't have. A lot yes. of professional speakers, that's what they've done their whole career is they speak and they write and consult. And so I come to the table with a, an extensive professional background. But I'd also like to think I'm a pretty good speaker. And I, I have a <laughs> I'm sure you are, but I will listen. <laughs> I just heard a small, tiny piece of your podcast, and it was great. But I'm sure you are a great speaker. <laughs> Podcasting is actually great practice. And I, I love, I'm so glad that you're a podcaster as well. I love to podcast. I think it's such a fun way of creating great content and sharing it in a way that's different from print. And I love writing as well. Uh, I write for Forbes. I'm a frequent blogger, but uh, I really enjoy the, the podcast sort of method uh, because I think you can say a whole lot more in audio than you can in print. Yes, it is. And I think the way it goes together with the small amount of time that we've got and the fact that there is so much, much time that we are on roads or running, but otherwise we are very, very, very busy. 
So I think it goes very well like that. I also think as a speaker that you are bringing something special to the table because I only heard the expression customer experience regarding digital in the last 10-15 years. I mean, it's like no physical interaction is count anymore. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, the digital experience is something that Some companies really understand, and some have a lot of work to do. And I always tell people, if you are making your customer click three times to get to something, you have to figure out how to make that two times or one time or even no times. And I want to give you an example from uh, again from Discover. Uh, we found out that the number one reason that customers were coming to the website was to see their recent transactions on their card. but yeah. We were requiring three clicks to get to those transactions. So we built a feed, much like a, a Twitter feed or a Facebook feed, right on the homepage that showed the last 10 transactions. And what happened was amazing. We saw that millions of customers logged into their account and then logged off without clicking on anything. Oh. Now, now, Amazon would say that's a complete failure, right? Because they want people to click. But we knew that that was a huge success because people were getting exactly what they wanted. And let's oh. be honest, nobody wants to come to their credit card website and spend a lot of time, right? Mm. So what our customers wanted was to be in and out and to be done quickly. And our customer satisfaction scores went up after that because we realized we were giving customers exactly what they wanted uh, in a simple and effective way. And so that taught me how important the digital interaction can be. And you think about it with a mobile app or uh, even using uh, voice activated equipment like a like Alexa or Siri, you want it to be fast. You don't want to have to repeat yourself. You don't want to have to clarify. You want it to work the first time. And these are all things that will affect how you perceive that company. For me, I think Alexa listens to me a lot better than Siri does. <laughs> you know <laughs> She's a better so, listener, as you say. She's a better listener, yes, exactly. She <laughs> understands me more often. I, with Siri, I'm always repeating myself or, or she doesn't understand. And so it's frustrating, right? And, and that's obviously not the intent. So I think that the, the digital experience today is so critical to how we think about brands and how we think about how easy it is or how fun it is to do business with them. I love this example so much, first of all, because of what you said, but also because when you talked about coming in and out and living is a bad thing and you found it to be a good thing, this is exactly, it seems like, especially with the scaling marketing and everything, that everyone is expecting the same thing. And we tend to have some axioms that when you really listen to a customer or to customers, you find out that a lot of times it's really different than what you thought. If you're talking about we don't want to leave the site or we want everyone to stay at the site, suddenly you come and say, oh, but for this kind of company, people really want to live fast. For sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, the issue with marketers, and again, I am a marketer, so I feel like I can say this with some confidence. The issue with marketers is that most marketers believe that they know what their customers want, <laughs> right? And so, and, and, and then we, we over-index on the content that we want to provide our customers instead of the opposite, which is listening to your customers and, hear, and having them tell you what they want and over-indexing on that content. And so 
Hmm. What I love about social media, it is the first and only marketing channel where people can talk back to you. Right. You can't talk back to a board. You can't talk back to a television commercial. And if you remember back to the early days of social media, marketers looked at it as another broadcast channel. Right. Let's put our TV commercials onto Facebook. People will love that. Nobody wanted to see TV commercials on Facebook. So companies were forced to listen to what customers wanted. Marketers have to adjust in all channels in that way that they've had to in social media, which is listening to your customers and then delivering the content that they're asking you for instead of acting like we know as marketers, we know better what our customers want. That's correct. Actually, you said that you're just now starting your entrepreneurial way, but I think that as a podcaster and as a contributor to Forbes and other, it's kind of entrepreneurship by itself. And I want to ask you what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur regarding customer-focused marketing and sales? Well, that's a great question because I don't necessarily feel credible as an entrepreneur quite yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, most of the things that I've been doing have been sort of a side hustle for years because I've been working full time. And so it's the first time that I'm, I'm just on my own. But I would say to follow your passion. And I, you know, kind of a, a funny story. When I interview for jobs, I always tell people, you know, that what I'm looking for in a job is I'm not a morning person. And so I'm looking for a job where I don't hit the snooze button in the morning because I judge mm -hmm. job satisfaction based on how many times I hit snooze, right? If I don't want to get out of bed, then that's usually a bad sign. And what I found is that by following my passion and that by, by doing what I love, I'm jumping out of bed in the morning, even as a person who's not a morning person. And I'm excited to go to work because I'm doing something that is meaningful for me. And so I think that was really important. And then, as you said, I've been doing this for a while on the side, so I feel like I'm not starting from scratch. Um, I've spent a lot of years building a personal brand and, and kind of solidifying my speaking ability and my, you know, my podcast audience and that sort of thing. So it isn't that I just woke up one day and started at zero. I feel like I had mm. some runway, and that's been pretty helpful. So your advice to any entrepreneur will be to be sure that you're following your passions and doing things that you love. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I do think that as marketers, we in theory can sell anything, right? You could give me a product and I can figure out how to find the audience and segment the audience and target and, and put the product in front of them and sell it. But it's certainly a lot more fun when you're selling a product that you believe in and that you're passionate about and sure. that as well. And I think even for non-entrepreneurs, even for people that, that are working in companies, it's really important that you're working for a, a company that you respect, that you respect the leadership of, that, that has a product that you yourself would use or, or that you at least are associated with. That's right. Definitely. My kids always, um, you know, I used to work with the leading brands a long time ago, but my kids always remind me that they had to drink Lipton and then they had to use Nokia. <laughs> it was fine because it was these days that uh, having the new phones of Nokia was a big deal. But yes, I think you can't work otherwise. You definitely can't work or sell something that you really don't believe in. I think so. If we are today and we are today all about humanity and all about serving and all about listening, you don't want to sell something that you wouldn't use. I want to ask you, you might be modest, but you have a lot of successes, or at least 
how I saw it when I read about you and before I invited you to be a guest on this podcast. But I would like to ask you to tell us about your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your journey the most. And we'll talk about success just after that. Wow, that's a terrific question. I'm going to need a second to think about that one. Please do. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a terrific question. And I think that uh, failure is certainly important in life because it, it kind of teaches you. Uh, I want to actually tell you a story from my very first job out of college because it started with failure and then ended in success. But this is what taught me about why customer experience is so important. So yeah. my first job out of college, I worked for a collectibles company that, that sold plates, dolls, figurines, you know, sports memorabilia, that sort of thing. And, um, and I had a product line uh, that I was responsible for. And I was responsible for everything, not just the marketing of it, but the packaging and the shipping and making sure we had the right inventory and all that. And around the holidays, the December holidays, the company always asked the marketing team to uh, spend time on the phones talking to customers, which I thought was a great idea. And I ended up getting a phone call one day from a very distraught woman uh, who had bought one of our products uh, for her granddaughter. And uh, in this case, it was a Christmas present. And she was calling, I think, on December 23rd. And we had just, we had dropped the ball. Like she had ordered the product and I don't know if it got lost in the mail or we didn't ship it or or what have you. And, uh, And she was very angry. And, you know, she said that we were ruining Christmas and, you know, her granddaughter was going to be so upset and all this. And, and I'm just this guy right out of college. And, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Never worked in customer service. You know, I was a marketer. So I thought about it for a minute while I was on the phone with this woman. I just did what came naturally to me. And I said to her, ma'am, Christmas is not going to be ruined on my account. And I'm going to go and find this product for you. I'm going to take it off the shelf from our warehouse. I'm going to bring it over to FedEx myself, and I'm going to make sure that it gets to you tomorrow, December 24th. And I hung up with her, and that's exactly what I did. And Hmm. I didn't have access to the customer service system. I didn't even know whether I was allowed to do this, but it just seemed like it was the right thing to do for this person. And so I did. I went to the warehouse. I found the product. I, I checked out a product. Um, I put it in the box, packed it up myself, walked it over to FedEx, uh, and I overnight shipped it to her. And you know what? Nobody got mad at me for doing that. And I'm sure. <laughs> and she, uh, she would continue to be a really happy customer. And so what I learned from that was that you can screw up with a customer and you can take an angry customer and turn them into a happy customer just by how you respond. And I see that every day in social media is we screw up all the time and customers let us know and they're angry about it. But the companies that are responding to those customers and trying to make it right can turn detractors into advocates. And that's where I think I love your question about failure because when you have a detractor, it means that you failed in some way. You provided a customer experience that did not meet expectations. In this case, you know, my product didn't ship out in time, which was my responsibility. Yeah. But you have an opportunity to fix that and turn that around into a happy ending. I think there are two nice things about this story. First of all, you've been working in a company with clear rules, with clear system, and 
still you felt sure enough about what they will say. You knew you will be able to deal with that, but you decided to do what you believed was the best thing to do. And I think that so many times we feel or think or people feel or think that there are so many rules around them, not only the company's rules, but rules everywhere. And so they are not trying to do things their own way. And perhaps it has to do something with the passion that you talked about earlier. Am I allowed to go after my passion? And the second reason I love it so much is exactly because the story that you are telling about how she felt afterwards and how you can fix it. It's a great story. And now I would like to ask you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Well, for sure, I think the biggest success was that winning the JD Power Award at Discover. And I could tell you another story around that about how I approached that because it was the first time that we had looked at it in this particular way. And I think it was a great learning for me. So we had a survey mechanism that was on every page of the website. So customers on any page could click a button and give us feedback. And yeah. when that survey popped up, it was three questions and it was based off of the Forrester Customer Experience Index. And one of the questions was, how easy is it to do business with Discover today? And I thought that was a really interesting question. And so I asked for a report that was sorting. I mean, the, the website was a thousand pages. So I wanted to see a report by page and I wanted it ranked by the lowest scoring pages of that question. So in other words, the, the pages that people were saying were the most difficult, I wanted to see those at the top of the list because I wanted to understand why they were the most difficult. And so the, yeah. the number one page turns out to be a really important page. It was a refer a friend page. So this is where you can, hmm. you can refer somebody else to get a Discover card and you get a reward. And this was listing the most difficult page. And I was like, why? What's wrong with this? We looked at the feedback, the, the actual words that customers had used in their feedback on that page, and we learned that in certain web browsers, the submit button was not displaying. So people oh. were entering in their friends' names and emails, and then they couldn't do anything because there was no button to submit it. Now, we didn't have enough complaints about that page that it showed up on the big report, which was essentially the complaints report. But as soon as we fixed that, the very next day, that page went from being one of the most difficult rated to one of the easiest. We completely changed customer satisfaction. And so after seeing that work, I went down literally the next 100 pages and said, mm -hmm. let's fix all of them. Let's figure out what's wrong with every one of these pages. Because every time we put a barrier up in front of a customer and we frustrate them or we cost them more time, it lowers their satisfaction and it changes their opinion about our brand in a negative way. So we went down the top 100 pages and we fixed all of the, the issues that were causing problems for customers. And that turned out to be one of the key reasons why we won JD Power, because the JD Power Award uh, was about 40% website based. So it was, and, and not only did we win the overall award, but there were six different website categories. And for the first time ever, we won all six of them. Wow! And it was because we were able to dissect down to a very detailed level, 
how to make the experience better at every part of the journey. And again, this is what got me passionate about experience because I realized it, it is something that I can affect. It's something I can change and make better just by focusing on the details. And I would argue that most companies are not spending that much time and that much detail on every single page of their site or their app. And that's why we as customers run into so many problems. That's right. And I think that one thing that happens when you're a big company, when you have a lot of interactions, you get a lot of reactions from your customers because whatever will happen, enough customers will come back to you with problems or with referring or whatever. I think as entrepreneurs, one of the biggest challenges at the first stages is that it's so important. difficult to get those reactions, these dialogues with the customers. And this is something that is um, really interesting to look if there is a way to um, fix in terms of a customer's experience and how. Well, I'm a believer that feedback is a gift. And when somebody takes time out of their day to give you feedback, whether it's positive or constructive, negative feedback, that you have to take that in and learn from it. And so, for example, when I ask the uh, audience to fill out a survey, I always ask the event coordinators to send me all the feedback about my speech because I want to know the bad and the ugly that particularly resonated with people. But I also want to know if there's a story I told that they didn't like. Because I'll take it out. I'll put in a better story at hmm. time. And so I, you know, I, I believe that you can always get better from feedback. It's just that you can't be afraid to receive it. And I think a lot of times companies don't want to hear the negative feedback. That's right. So I've talked to a number of companies that didn't want to join Twitter because they felt that it was too negative and they didn't want to face the complaints. And I think that's a big mistake because people are talking about your company, whether you're there or not, right? Right. And, and also, it's important to hear what is not working well about your product or service because it gives you an opportunity to fix it. And if you, if you don't fix it, you kind of have to ask yourself, why are you in business in the first place, right? So right. even as an entrepreneur, I think this extends to entrepreneurs as well, is that if you're willing to hear the feedback, And some of it will be positive and some of it will be less positive, but you can grow from all of it. I think you can become better at whatever it is that you do. Wow. Now, I would like to ask you to recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing or sales. However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works well for you. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I would say, honestly, any... So I, I spend a lot on social media because it is a channel that I love. I get to interact with people from all over the world, uh, even people that I've never met in real life. So I would say that any tool that allows you to listen, there's a lot of them out there. Um, there's a lot of companies, whether it's uh, Hootsuite or Buffer or Lately or... Any of these that allow you to sort out your messages and actually listen. Because when you listen to what people are saying about you, about a certain topic, about whatever it is, first of all, it makes you smarter because you get varying opinions. But also, it allows you to filter out that feedback that we're talking about. Um, so I practice what I preach, right? I spend a lot of time mm-hmm. listening. And trying to get feedback about me about other speakers about what's going on in our industry because I think it makes me smarter and me 
um, to communicate from the stage or, or from, uh, from a consulting perspective. It also provides me with great stories to tell, right? Because uh, when you listen on social media, when you could just be quiet for a little while and listen, people tell amazing stories. And uh, one of the things mm -hmm. that I love doing is telling great customer experience stories because they're inspirational to other companies that say, yeah, I could do something like that. It's not, you know, customer experience is not always that difficult. It's often about making small improvements that make a big difference to your customer. The last question before I ask you what the best way to be in contact with you and to connect with you is um, the factor question. And actually, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I always believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really works well for us. And I would like to ask you, what is this factor for you? What is your one key success factor? I think it's having a good mentor or mentors. And I have been lucky over my career to have found a few people who have really been great mentors for me. And because I believe in paying it forward, I've really tried to be a mentor to those that are younger than I am in the industry and in, the, in their careers. Uh, and I try to be a mentor to them as well. But I think without having that person or people in your life, it's very difficult to make the hard decisions Uh, the big decisions in your life to take a chance. And I'll give you an example. One of my former bosses, yeah. first of all, one of my former bosses put me in charge of social media before I had any involvement. I didn't even have a Twitter account. And he in social mm -hmm. media and he said, I want you to become uh, a social media expert. And I, I had to ask him what that meant and, and what it looked like. And But if he hadn't thrown me in there, I would have never uh, gotten involved in, in something that I love today. And another boss of mine uh, asked me to write down a personal goal, which was easy enough. But then he gave his whole team 45 minutes to write down how we were going to achieve that goal and the actual steps. And that was the day that mm -hmm. I sat down and I wrote as my goal that I wanted to write a book. And I sat down and wrote for 45 minutes all of the steps that I thought I needed to take. And it was amazing because after that was 45 minutes, I said, oh my gosh, I think I can actually write a book. And, it, hmm. and, uh, and the idea was you were supposed to accomplish this personal goal in a year. I ended up publishing my book 13 months later. So I was just, uh, just wow. inside of a year, but I would have never done it had he not pushed me to do it. And so I think having that mentor uh, that can be objective, but can also push you is absolutely critical to success. And I, again, I've been fortunate and I'd like to believe that I've been that mentor for others as well. Hmm. I love that. Before I thank you, I want to ask you, what would be the best way for any one of our listeners that would like to be in touch with you? Uh, well, I would invite you to come and visit my website, which is just my name. It's gingis.com and gingis is G-I-N-G-I-S-S. And other than that, I'm on Twitter all the time at dgingis. So you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and I love communicating. So please reach out and uh, tell me what you think of my content or uh, my podcast. Uh, I should mention the podcast as well. It's called Experience This. And you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts or experiencethisshow.com. But again, I practice what I preach. So I love feedback and I love meeting new people. and hearing about their experiences as well. So I look forward to engaging with some of your listeners. Wow. This is a very warm invitation. 
It's beautiful. And we will put all those links in the show notes of this interview, as well as the link for your book, so people will be able to find it. Dan, I would like to thank you. It has been a pleasure and very, very, very interesting talking with you. Thank you so much. Nobody before talked about customer experience. And not only you talked about it, you brought a very interesting angle about that. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. I'm so happy that you reached out and I'm glad to be connected with you. And I really appreciate you bringing me on your show. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.